This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Of all the mountain ranges I have climbed, I like the Sierra Nevada the best. John Muir. Um, So there was one day... It was really strenuous. We were trying to get to this camp at a certain time. I was guiding for the day, so I was in charge of like all the route finding and this is not a maintained trail. This is bushwhacking. You're getting stabbed with thorns. It probably is type three fun. And then all of a sudden, this like rain, snow, like hail mixture starts coming down. And it's starting to get a little bit dark out and I can't really find the trail. And everyone is kind of just like mentally over it. Like the snow is like just soaking through my leggings and it's all like gross. We don't know where the hell our other half of the group is. They were probably at camp like hours ago. Um, And so I had scoped out earlier like a place to put up camp because I'm just like looking around like there's no way in hell that we're going to find this campsite before the sun goes down and I'm just, I'm not going to be bushwhacking in the dark. It just doesn't make sense. So we have, we're basically like up on the top of like the side of this mountain with only half of our stuff because we have all the shared group gear. We're, we have no water source. We're like scrambling. Our instructor is clever enough to put like a bowl underneath the corner of one of the rain flies to collect the water as it melted down. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John.
Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guests. We are going to head back into the Sierras this week and talk about our favorite trail with a few of our listeners out there. This week, we are joined by Kayla and Johnny and Stephanie. And I believe it was Kayla and Stephanie who hiked the John Muir Trail this past summer and have been forever changed by the experience. Welcome to the podcast, guys. How's it going? Going great. How are you? Good, thanks. And let's just identify ourselves by, by voice in case uh, someone's not watching this on, on YouTube and they're just strictly listening to it. So, I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> and you are Stephanie? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm doing well. Also, uh, this is Jonathan or Johnny. Johnny, okay. And the first one was Kayla that we heard from. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, while out on the trail, have the three of you picked up trail names? Just me so far. <laughs> Just you, and, that, and that's Kayla. What's your trail name, Kayla? My trail name is Flower Patrol. Flower Patrol. Okay. And I always love to hear the stories behind the trail names. How did you, you come by Flower Patrol? Um, well, pretty simply, uh, basically like I'll be hiking along and always have to stop and take pictures of flowers or like, there's been a couple of trails that we hiked where I'm like, I'll see, see the same flower over and over again, but I'll just like keep pointing it out and pointing it out and pointing it out. So then, uh, one of my friends one day was like, Hey, you should be flower patrol. Cause you're always looking for the flowers. So, and are you a flower expert? I mean, do you know all the different varieties out there? No, <laughs> many. she knows many. <laughs> Quite a bit, actually, especially um, out west. Well, kind of, sort of. <laughs> I'm an amateur <laughs> because I have I have very little knowledge of the the fauna, the fauna and the flora out there. I mean, I know basically you know what poison ivy and poison oak looks like, so to, to how to avoid right. that. But as for what everything else is called, no idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know a couple. Okay. Now, have you guys listened to the podcast before? Probably yes. way, way more, much more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> nice. Very good. Hours I spent driving and listening to the podcast. <laughs> I always love running into uh, to fans out there, some listeners. Well, I shouldn't say fans. I don't know if you're fans. Maybe, maybe, maybe you listen to it because it's just so cringeworthy. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite episode or a favorite guest? Not one that sticks out of the top of my head, just because there have been like so many different and like unique stories from everybody out there. So not one in particular. A lot of them are good ones. Okay. I'm a new, um, my favorite that I listened to was probably recently it was Detour and I think it was called Thunder and Lightning and his experience with the storms was pretty intense. Yeah, we're going to get to the dates of your JMT hike. I mean, you guys were you guys were on the trail in the summer. I wonder if you guys had any overlap with Detour and if you experienced some of the same weather, but we'll get to that. 
Okay. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, Outdoor Vitals. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So guys, what is your must bring piece of gear? And I'm excited because we're going to, we're going to hear from three of you on this. <laughs> um, I'll go first. I'm curious to see what yours is. So mine is my Zen Bibby sleep system. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Hers is going to be the same. <laughs> um, so my Zen Bibby sleep system, we both have the same thing. It's, um, they sell sleeping pads, sheets, and quilts. Um, I just have the sheet and the quilt, but the sheet like straps right onto your inflatable sleeping pad. And then the quilt like hooks into the sides of the sheet. And then the sheet has the little hood part that goes over your head. And um, yeah, it just gives you like a lot more freedom to roll around if you're an active sleeper, way more um, room to like wiggle around than a sleeping bag. So okay. huge fan. Like to the point where on the JMT, I woke up a couple times and I thought I was in my bed. <laughs> well, I'll have to take a look at that because I have never slept on the JMT and, and woke up thinking, hey, I'm in my bed. It's always uh, an uncomfortable <laughs> night of tossing and turning out there for me. Are you? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, <laughs> honestly, because what, what's your number two? I didn't come up with a number two. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think that a decent night's sleep is um, crucial and to be comfortable laying in your bed and actually look forward to getting into your bed at night is, uh, is really important. So my, my Zen Bivy quilt that Kayla introduced me to would be my number one pick as well. Okay. Did the two of you go shopping at the same time and buy the, buy, buy all of your gear together? You guys are perfectly <laughs> matching twins out there. <laughs> there's, there's definitely like a lot of similarities between our year, but also like some things like the boots versus trail runners that we're both like firmly planted in our own separate camps. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Johnny, how about you? Or do you go by Jonathan? Um, typically Jonathan, but okay. For the purposes of, of Kayla, she usually calls me Johnny. <laughs> hence the blog title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hence the blog title. But um, for me, I get cold so easily. So if it's not like 95 degrees outside, I, I would want something to help keep me warm. Um, and I've not been on the JMT, so I, I can't speak specifically to that. But I would say just in general, probably like a good sleeping bag liner. Because just again, like I get so cold. That I just, if I'm too cold, I can't sleep. If I'm too cold, I don't want to do anything. So the warmth for mm -hmm. me is, is vital. Yeah, we've had some very cold nights camping yeah. <laughs> with crappy gear. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Now, uh, Jonathan, what is your, what's the longest hike that you've done? How many, how many days or how many miles? Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I don't, so, it would either be the Grand Canyon when we hiked down and back up. Oh, yeah, true. Or that one morning we did at Dolly Sods. And I think both of those were, of those were around 14. Yeah, anywhere from like 14 to 16 mile days. Mm -hmm. 
that was just day hiking and then yeah he's only done the one overnight backpacking trip with me i can't remember how many miles that was i think that was only like 10 no that was at least 14 15 16 we did 12 miles in one day i think it was like 10 and 12 okay now now since uh flower patrol has come back and talked about her jmt experience as uh as the 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 through hiking bug caught you jonathan um it has yeah and i had it before she went on the jmt i just hadn't uh really gone out and done it Mm -hmm. yet uh but yeah definitely um the more she gets excited about it and shares her experiences especially on the jmt the more like the more that that bug starts to kind of kind of nip at me okay now let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about gear here uh you guys alluded to it a little bit earlier on some of these but i have a a little survey that i'm calling a hiking poll and uh i the first item here (laughs) is boots or trail runners and it sounds like you guys are in opposite camps so i want to hear who is in favor of which and why i'll let you go first um i always wear boots because I like how sturdy they are and I like that they're typically waterproof. So I can step in some pretty big puddles and um, my feet stay dry, um, which is a little different philosophy than the, um, than the trail shoes, which is okay to get wet. And then they dry out fast. I would rather just stay dry all the time and not get my feet wet at all. And I, I feel like they really help my ankles quite a bit and um, they're just sturdy and durable. So I've always been boots. Okay. And what brand of boots do you wear? I had used Solomon for years and I just bought a new pair of Las Sportivas that are super, super light. I only took them on one backpacking trail so far, which was mostly sand so uh i can't really compare them just yet but so far i'm loving them okay now uh, flower patrol let's hear the opposite side let's hear about your trail runners uh trail runners for me (laughs) just because they're lighter more breathable um it is kind of tricky um out here like in the midwest slash like east coast area where we typically backpack just because it can be so wet, but the times that my feet have gotten wet on trail runners, like equal the amount of times that they've gotten wet and then never, ever dried out in boots. So, um, that's why I decided to switch over to the trail runners. And just because here lately, like I've been going out West more and more, it seems like, and that's really been like my, my go-to backpacking destination. So it, it's much easier to get them to dry out out West for sure. Okay. Out West. So wh- where are you located right now? We are in Ohio, Columbus. Ohio. So it's uh, what two hour difference? Is it eight o'clock there? Eight twenty right now? It is nine. Nine twenty. Yeah. Three hour difference. Well, thank you for for staying up and and hanging out with me. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> Not Very... quite bad. <laughs> all right. And Jonathan, do you have a preference? Um, I prefer trail runners for sure. Um, but I can kind of see both sides, and I kind of. I like to plan on what I'm expecting. So like Kayla alluded to in the Midwest, like we get an absolute ton of rain. So if I'm expecting a lot of mud, I won't bring trail runners. I'll just go straight boots. But, you know, if you're going to push me into it, I'm going to go trail runners. 
Okay. And Flower Patrol, I forgot to ask you, what, what's your brand of trail runners? Um, I have the Ultra, what are those? I think Temp 2s. Yep. Good shoe. I have, I had a pair of those. I ran those into the ground. If you saw my video, those were, I think uh, what fell apart and I had to use duct tape with. So. Yeah. Yeah. I have like one shoe that's like talking to me, but like the rest of it is intact. So I think I'm going to go with some duct tape in four miles. (laughs) Nice. All right. Tent or tarp. Stephanie, we'll start with you. Tent. Tent. Yeah. Give us. I like Go ahead. Say it again. I like the protection. I like to be enclosed and, um, yeah, I use a big Agnes tiger wall. Okay. Very good. I saw out on the JMT actually, there were quite a few. Okay. Flower patrol. You too. Are you tent tent person? I am tent as well. I used to be team hammock which is not of course a tarp but um yeah i like to be enclosed too i can't deal like i have horrible reactions to mosquito bites and such so i can't even think about doing the tarp because it's just too much of a risk <laughs> so i have a six moon designs lunar solo which i've really been liking okay is that big enough for both you and jonathan no <laughs> <laughs> jonathan's on his own and jonathan do you tent or tarp uh, uh, definitely a tent. Okay. All right. Three for three. Yes. Three, for three. three for three. All right. Sleeping bag or quilt? Stephanie? Quilt. quilt. Yeah. Quilt for both of us for sure. Yeah. Jonathan? Sleeping bag. Sleeping bag. Okay. And what, <laughs> ladies, what is your, what are your quilts rated to? What temperature? Um, I have a 10 degree and I have the 25 degree. Okay. And last, last item in our hiking pool here, stove or cold soak? Stove, stove all the way. Those cold soakers are crazy, man. It's not for me. <laughs> that is a different mentality. Yes. Especially if it's cold and it's, it's raining out there. I mean, you yeah. got to have the, the hot food. 100% agree. Okay. Now you guys have listened to the podcast before. So you know that at the end of the segment, we've got uh, a, a bit we call the pro tip inside of the week. And that's where I'll turn to you and ask you for a a bit of wisdom that you can share with our listeners to make their next outdoor adventure even better. So don't be surprised when we get to that that part at the end. Sounds good. All right. Hey, let's back up a little bit and uh, talk about your background, where you grew up, if you've always been in Ohio, and what kinds of uh, sports and hobbies that you've been involved with uh, growing up and how you got involved with with, uh, outdoor adventure and, and hiking in general. So who wants to go first? and I'll jump at once. I'll go okay. first. <laughs> okay. Flower Patrol. Uh, I was born in Memphis, raised or raised in Indiana, and then like traveled around a little while, somehow randomly ended up in Ohio. So um, growing up, I wasn't really into sports a lot because I had horrible seasonal allergies to the point where I would like miss school from it. But then I got like five years worth of allergy shots. And then after that, I really got more into the outdoors. Um, athletically really the only thing that I've done seriously was competitive ballroom dancing in college totally different than backpacking (laughs) um but a lot of fun in a totally different way and then um, I've always liked hiking but when Jonathan and I met um I think like his love for hiking in the outdoors kind of inspired me to do more 
And then from there, just like catapulted. And now I'm obsessed with backpacking. <laughs> okay. Stephanie? Um, well, I've always loved the outdoors. I was born and raised here in Ohio, central Ohio area. And I was in Girl Scouts. So um, we did lots and lots of camping as Girl Scouts. Um, but I only got into backpacking a few years ago when a friend of mine, I said, hey, let's go camping this weekend. And he said, well, why don't we just go backpacking? And I, I had nothing. And he said, well, I'll take you shopping. And we went, <laughs> we went shopping. I think I dropped about $1,000 oh and <laughs> got everything because wow. I wanted everything to be my own. So I just... And, and I knew that it was an investment and I was going to love it. And, and I did, I absolutely loved it. We did a local trail, which I probably will never do again because it's, it's nothing compared to the JMT or any of the other trails that I've had the opportunity to go, go out on. But, um, that's really how I got started a few years ago. Okay. And Jonathan, it sounds like you had a, a love of uh, hiking and you, you kind of roped uh, Flower Patrol into it uh, a little bit more. How did you, where did you grow up and how did you get involved with, with outdoors? Yeah, so I grew up in Coshocton, Ohio, which is um, like the Allegheny Plateau, so foothills of the, the Appalachians. Uh, and I grew up, Coshocton is a really small town and I grew up on the outskirts of, of that. So um, I was an only child in growing up in a, an area where like in all directions, every side of my house was just hundreds of acres of, of forest. So I would get bored as like a nine-year-old and just go like ride my bike through these little like paths through the woods or like just go walking around in the woods, just like, you know, doing what kids do, playing with sticks and trying to find salamanders and stuff like that. So um, as a kid, I always really liked going outside and just playing. And then as an adult, I was, I kind of was like, now I have the freedom I don't have to just go out like in my backyard and like play I can you know go to North Carolina Tennessee Arizona like you know name your destination I can go anywhere and hike anything I want to so you know as I got older I that kind of adventurous spirit of like what's past that tree kind of materialized into like what's that park look like or what's that trail look like uh, and so once I got that financial and freedom to do kind of my own thing. I started just uh, exploring different trails and typically it was day hikes and just camping. And so then when I met Kayla, like obviously we both had similar interests. So we, we started hiking together, camping together, and then she kind of took it to the next level and started the, the multi-night backpacking trips. Okay. Now you mentioned uh, finance when you had the financial wherewithal to, to do these, these kinds of things. Let's talk about what, what do you guys do to pay the bills? Jonathan, what do you, what do you do to, what do you do as a career? Um, <laughs> so I actually recently left my job and am making an attempt to be self-employed. Um, but before that I worked um, in the financial industry, I was an account manager and I was basically like outsourced AP for some fortune 500 companies. Okay. And your, your, your self-employment venture, is that in the same field or is it something, uh, something else all, all together? Something entirely different. Um, so at the moment I am looking at real estate investment, getting um, a couple of properties going. 
uh, with the ultimate goal of opening um, a couple of franchise businesses. Hopefully like pizza places. I have a, a soft spot in my heart for pizza. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too, buddy. Nice. And Flower Patrol, what about you? What do you do to pay the bills? Um, I'm a night shift ER nurse and I work for a major health system here in Ohio and I float around between 17 different ERs. <laughs> oh, wow. You're a traveling ER nurse. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that's exciting. I bet you have some stories right there that you could, we could just spend an entire hour on. <laughs> Way more than an hour for sure. <laughs> yeah. What, what is the most, um, I don't want to say exciting. What, what is the most nerve wracking situation you've been in as an, as an ER nurse? Grant ER. <laughs> um, probably can't get too detailed with it just because of the legal aspect, but um, probably the most nerve wracking situation I think for any ER nurse would be like, if we have like a really sick child come in, I think that would be enough to rattle anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, Stephanie, I suppose if you're going out on multi-day hikes, I mean, the person to go with is an emergency room nurse. I mean, you're, that's, that's a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We compliment each other. Well, we do. We do. <laughs> Stephanie, what do you do? Paramedic. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. I, we, we should be hiking with you guys. <laughs> okay. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, Johnny, I know you can't stay with us for the whole episode. Let's talk before you go. I want to talk about the, the website that you, you and Kayla have, have put together that your blog. Tell us about that. Yeah. So it started, um, and two, three years ago. And we, we recently got back from a trip and we were kind of just talking about it and obviously, you know, telling the stories to our, our friends and our family. Uh, and we were kind of thinking to ourselves, like, we probably should document this a little bit better than just like word of mouth. Like it would be, it would be cool to have these stories for, you know, five, 10 years down the road, we could, we could look back, reminisce, or if we went to the same place a second time, we would, we'd be able to kind of compare and contrast like, well, we did this last time and we really liked it. So maybe we should do it again. Or, you know, it was, it was not quite worth the hype. So let's try something new in the same area. Um, and so, yeah, we just started writing down different trips that we had, had gone on. Um, honestly, I'll be honest at first we, we were supposed to like share, like I type one, <laughs> Kayla types the next one. Uh, we were supposed to alternate and then it, it kind of evolved into um, Kayla typing most of them out. And then I kind of just like add my two cents as we, as we go, like verbally. Mm -hmm. um, so she's definitely the one that documents everything. Um, but yeah, like it, it kind of was born of the idea to kind of preserve those memories for, you know, our children or even ourselves in who, you know, decades, we can look back on that and be like, man, that was really fun. Uh, and we can kind of immortalize that, that one moment in time. Okay. And what is the website address? Where can people find the, your website? It is Johnny and KK dot wordpress.com. So it's J O N N I E and K A Y K A Y dot wordpress.com. Now, what kinds of stories or resources or uh, visuals can, can people expect to see on the website? Um, we have a few different things. So still work in progress, but I have an itinerary section. 
Um, that one is more detailing trips that we've taken where we have like an Airbnb or something like that, or it's our home base and we're doing day hikes, like experiencing the local culture, things of that nature. And then um, the, the section that's more fleshed out is narratives where I talk more about like our backpacking adventures or like a specific day hiking trail that we've been on. So there's actually a lot of content that's been built up there over the last couple of years. So pretty proud of it. A lot of good stuff on the website. Absolutely. You guys did a great job. Thank you. Okay. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear about some of their adventures out on their the local local trails as, uh, as well as on the John Muir Trail. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. The John Freakin' Muir Pod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence inspiring education that empower outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident with. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor, live ultralight. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your pod- podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We are talking to Flower Patrol and Stephanie and uh, Johnny. We talked to him in the first segment, but he has uh, he has left us for this second segment here. But welcome back, ladies. Now let's let's get to the real meat of the podcast here. Let's talk about some hiking. How did the two of you come to be hiking buddies? I know one of you is a, an emergency room nurse, and the other one is a paramedic. Is that where you guys met? Do you guys frequently find yourselves at the same workplace, or how did this all come about? Yeah, we uh, we used to work together at Grant 
a emergency department. It's a local level one trauma center here in Columbus, Ohio. So yeah, that's kind of how we met. And then um, around the same time, like she referenced going on that random first backpacking trip with her friend is around the time where I was like day hiking a lot. And I kind of wanted to take that to the next level and try out backpacking. But um, my main drawback was like, I really, really like my hot showers at night. So I didn't know if I could do that. So I went on this backpacking workshop to basically test to see if I could survive without a hot shower at night. And it was a success. And from there, I decided to get all my own gear and we had been texting back and forth and it just kind of fell into place. And yeah, we've been backpacking buddies ever since. <laughs> and after hiking the JMT, you've learned that you can go weeks without a hot shower. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I could have gone longer. <laughs> yeah. We did it pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll get to the JMT. Hold on. Don't, don't tell, don't reveal all the secrets yet. Let's keep the, the <laughs> listeners in suspense here. Let's talk about some of your other trips that you've done. You've, you listed a whole bunch of uh, different trails all over the place, Kentucky, West Virginia, Tennessee, Minnesota. Uh, why don't you give us some highlights there? Which uh, you, have a, you have a favorite that you guys did together? Mm, other than the JMT, I think my favorite was the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely beautiful. Like you get there and if you're day hiking, you probably don't make it like down to the bottom unless you're some crazy ultra runner. But um, when you're day hiking the Grand Canyon, like you can't even imagine the beauty that's at the bottom. So uh, Jonathan and I actually day hiked the Grand Canyon down to Plateau Point, which isn't quite to the Colorado River. It's a little past that ranch down there. Um, and then when we when, when we finally came back to backpack it, it's just totally different experience. It was gorgeous. Definitely recommend it. Okay. Have you been to Havasupai? No, we have not. It's on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I also see here on the list that you've got uh, the Virginia Triple Crown. What is that exactly? Um, so I did that one solo. That one is basically like these three famous viewpoints um, on the Appalachian Trail in Virginia. So uh, McAfee Knob, Tinker mm-hmm. Cliffs, and what is the third one? Dragon's Tooth. So I did that in a weekend. I had day hiked that several years prior and I had always thought in my mind like, oh, it'd be really cool to come back here and backpack it. So I came back to backpack it and do Tinker Cliffs because we missed out on that one when I was there day hiking it. So, okay, very beautiful. Now, what, what is the biggest benefit that each of you get out of hiking? If you could boil it down to just one thing, someone says, why, why do you hike? Why do you spend days on end in the dirt? Uh, no hot showers, eating dehydrated food. You know, why would you do that? What, what, what do you get out of it? For me, it's the mental clarity. Explain that. Explain that to us. Uh, I don't know. And I, I, you don't even really get a day hiking. It's not until Mm -hmm. your second, third and beyond days out that it's just so calming. Like as someone who um, I typically, we both have very, very high stress jobs and to get out there on the trail for a couple of days, it just calms everything down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Mental clarity. Flower Patrol, would you say that's the, the same for you or you have an, another yeah. biggest benefit out there? 
it, yeah, it definitely stems off of that, but just the sense of like <clears throat> waking up uh, after that first night out there and just like being so far away from civilization and just really truly being out there and experiencing nature. Like you don't get that on a day hike. Like you can't get that far out on a day hike usually. So um, yeah, just the, the peacefulness, the calm, just being disconnected from like social media and all of our like digital world. I love taking a break from that. And I honestly like hate it when I have to take my phone off of airplane mode. <laughs> yes. I, there's some, there's some satisfaction out there. Uh, when you are, like you said, second, third, fourth, fifth day out, and you are way out there and, you know, you're seeing things that only people who put in the work get to see, exactly. right? <laughs> Just out in the middle of nowhere. Now, you guys, it sounds like you wondered uh, originally, you know, what is this, what is this hiking about? What is, what is, what is multiple day hikes? Can I do this? And then you, you graduated from that to doing a bit of a significantly longer trail, 211 miles with, with the John Muir trail. And did the John Muir trail live up to your expectations? And actually, before you answer that question, I also want to know how you found out about when did, when did the John Muir trail first enter into your consciousness? How did you find out about the John Muir trail? Um, I think it was on like one of the backpacking forums. Somebody mentioned the John Muir trail and I was like looking it up and I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. But I th don't think I was in the headspace yet of, I think I can do over 200 miles for one trip. And then it just kind of like was in the back of my mind floating around. And then, uh, the more I backpacked, the more I was like, Oh, I want to do something more epic. And so it kind of like emerged to the forefront at that point in time. And I had like known about it as the, one of the most uh, scenic sections of the PCT. So that really like drew me to it. Okay. And did you have to spend a lot of time convincing Stephanie that, Hey, this is a trip we should do? No, <laughs> <laughs> I think I she was on board. Like, I, hey, I think we should do the GMT. And she text me back and probably said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. what kind go ahead. Go ahead, Stephanie. It was on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what kind of research did you do in preparing for the John Muir Trail? Okay. <laughs> so I just listened to your podcast about, um, it had the, the sisters that had the spreadsheets. Yes. yes. She does the spreadsheets. She's the I, planner. I love I, that episode. I love my spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I did all the planning. <laughs> Um, uh, I showed up. Yeah. I, I bought the guidebook. I made the spreadsheets and I was like, Oh, do you think this looks good? And we'd be like at some pizza place and she'd ever drink it. I'm like, yeah, sure. That looks great. <laughs> um, so yeah, that pretty much was how, how we roll. So which is the better role is the better role to be the planner doing all the logistics and the spreadsheets, or is the better role to be the, 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 the person who just shows up and, and says, okay, what are we doing? What do you think? I think my role is the better role. I think my role is the better <laughs> role. <laughs> I think that's why we work so well together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> because I, I'll just go anywhere and do anything. And I'm very, very flexible and fluid. Mm -hmm. And she, she just plans it all. <laughs> okay, so what did you expect? You did, you did all your planning. You did your spreadsheets. What did you expect? Uh, to encounter on the John Muir Trail? Um, I expected unexplainable beauty. I expected it to be really hard, but not that effing hard. Um, <laughs> it was hard. What else? 
I think those were the main things. <laughs> and so you, you got the beauty, I'm sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And you didn't expect it to be that hard. So it was, it was a little more difficult than you, than you had imagined. Yeah. Like I knew it was going to be hard, but man, some of those sections were brutal. Yeah. Well, we also, we were hitting much higher mileage than we hit typically. And we are typically kind of in the Midwest. So we don't, we do not hit elevation like we had out there in California. Mm -hmm. So um, we were hitting higher mileage and much more elevation and at a higher elevation. So it Mm -hmm. was, it was a tough adjustment, but honestly, I feel like the second week where we were higher was easier because we acclimated. Yeah. Okay. So that statement right there, Stephanie, that, that leads me to believe that you did a southbound trip. You started mm-hmm. in Happy Isles? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. And, and I wouldn't do it any other way. <laughs> yeah, I would not have wanted to do the opposite. Absolutely not. <laughs> you didn't want to start at the top of Mount Whitney and then work your way down to Happy Isles? No, there's no. like, I mean... <laughs> Everyone has their opinions about each section, but in my mind, I'm like, there's nothing to look forward to. You already like got your piece of pie at the end. <laughs> okay. Now, starting out from Happy Isles, what what were your resupply points? What what uh, where did you pick up your your or did you mail yourself packages or did you have somebody delivering our, stuff? Our, right? um, our resupply point was uh, MTR. <laughs> okay, so you carried all your food. That yeah. you needed for the the northern half, got to MTR, basically the mid midpoint, and then picked up your your resupply there and made it last all the way down to Mount Whitney. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And was it difficult squeezing all that food into the bear canister? Um. Yeah. On the first day, it was. I would say, but um, I did a test run at home to see if we would be able to squeeze it all in just doing this one resupply point, and I felt pretty good about it. <laughs> Okay. Now I have my own particular trick for getting that much food into a bear canister. Uh, what was your strategy? Did you, Um, well, you definitely have to take everything out of its original packaging and put it in the Ziplocs and like really just mush everything in. And you have to take like all of your electrolyte packets and all of your like hot chocolate packets out and squeeze them into like little crevices, just like make every little space count when you're doing that first pack up. That's exactly it. You have to take it out of the original packaging, put it into the Ziplocs. Otherwise, there's just way too much extra packaging that's not going to allow you to, to get everything in there. And then it's a game of, of uh, you know, Jenga, uh, squeezing <laughs> yeah. everything, everything into every available space down there. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And since we're on the topic of food, what, what, what was the, the staple for you out there? You have some favorite meals or favorite uh, snacks during the day? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, my favorite dinner, I think was mac and cheese, salmon and peas. And I will say normally I dehydrate pretty much all of my own food, but this one is the backpackers pantry, mac and cheese. It is two tablespoons plus of like cheddar cheese powder, um, mixed veggies or freeze dried peas, whichever one you want. And then a packet of salmon packed in olive oil. So good. So good. That extra cheese powder just makes it right there. <laughs> so that was one meal you just listed there. Yep. Mac and cheese, salmon and peas. That's, that's yes. one, that's one meal. That's it not, the, that's not three different meals. No, it, it is the gourmet version of mac and cheese, tuna and peas, which not everyone grew up eating that, but you get your protein you get your veggies, your carbs, like 
you have a single parent raising you, it's you're good to go. <laughs> we just had that at Thanksgiving last week. So really, that was the main dish. Yeah. Mac and cheese, salmon and peas. <laughs> yeah. You probably at least had like some type of fancy, like cracker crumble on top to make it gourmet. And you mix in some canned cranberry sauce. I mean, it's just everything can't, can't beat it all mixed together. That's Keep right. Talking. That's right. How about, how about snacks during the day? Do you have a go-to snack? Mm, initially, you a, a sweet snack. or a salty or kind of sweet. a combination of both? Sweet slash combo. I think okay. my two snacks, well, the one I couldn't bring, which is um, fig bars and cheese, but my cheese all melted because it was a heat wave. So I had to throw out the cheese on day zero. Um, but the, beyond that, it was the brownie cliff bars and a peanut butter packet. And you like put the peanut butter on as you take each bite and you have basically like a really hearty Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> yeah. Peanut butter and chocolate, always a good combo. And it's 450 calories. One oh, good. peanut butter packet. So it's very calorie dense. That's, that's dense. That's good when you're out there in the back country, burning all kinds of calories. That's not so, not so good when you're sitting behind a desk right. uh, in the <laughs> afternoon, wondering, <laughs> wondering what else is there is to eat. Yeah. And Stephanie, did you have, what, what were your go-to meals out there? Um, I'm a fan of Kayla's dehydrated cooking. Um, she does, <laughs> she hooks me up there. Uh, my favorite was the baked beans and rice. Was, oh, you're picking something I made. The baked oh, beans and rice and <laughs> she mixed corn in there. It's really good. That was probably my favorite out there. I saved it for, for nights that were well-deserving of a really good meal. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get too graphic out there, but baked beans, uh, out there in, in the back country, you probably don't want to set your tents up too close to each other then that night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of us care at that point. No. That's true. That's true. All, all that, all that goes away out there. And yeah. it's cold at night. So really you're just like hot boxing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write that down. All right. So when did you take your trip? What, what were the dates of your trip and how many days did it take? It was 14.5 days. So I don't know if that's the fastest known time for us Ohioans specifically, but it's pretty damn fast for us. You know, um, if we get pretty specific with the qualifiers, it, it probably is an FKT. If it was yeah, you know, yeah. F, FKT for uh, an emergency room nurse and paramedic from Ohio, <laughs> that's, that's probably going to stand. There we go. We can just say that that's a thing. Um, that's a good clip. That is a good clip. I've, I've done the, the Southern half of the JMT, uh, 125 miles, you know, basically from your trail ranch down to, to Whitney three times. And the fastest time I did that, that half was with my son, who of course was 19 at the time. So I had to keep up with him. Uh, mm -hmm. That was, that was the impetus, but uh, we did it in seven and a half days. Okay. So for you to do the, the full Dang. trail in 14 and a half days, that is, that's moving. Yeah. We started on, what was that? July 11th, correct? 10th, July 10th, 10th. And we exited on the 15th or the 25th, the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the 25th I'm double checking my calendar to verify. Yeah. We entered on the 10th was our start date. You're right. And yep. We exited on the, actually on, we exited on the 24th. Yeah. We, we exited out on, on the 24th and we flew out on the 25th. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like you just missed detour. I think detour was on the trail shortly after you guys left. 
Yeah, it's it's been really interesting listening to your stories of um, people you've had on before us and then after us and the weather that they had. We did have one really, really chaotic storm, but it was really short. Mm-hmm. And then we did have one day of kind of rain. Yeah, but it was not really a huge deal. Yeah, it was it was Midwest kind of rain. So we just kept going. Yep. <laughs> Okay. Let's talk about some of the, your favorite moments on, on the John Muir Trail. Do you have some favorite uh, campsites or vistas or experiences out there? So many. I know. It's hard to pick. I think favorite campsites. Uh, there was a few. One of them that like struck me in the first week was after Donahue Pass. We camped by Marie Lakes Junction down there in like all those beautiful meadow areas. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first really like, wow, we're out here look at this amazing beauty that was our first campsite that it was really like um we were just wonderstruck by the beauty um what other campsites i can't remember what the name of the one was i'd have to look at my spreadsheet yeah, get the spreadsheet out <laughs> we're talking details I'll, now i'll be getting the spreadsheet out what about you um, i don't remember so of the passes, which, which one was your favorite pass? And which one was your least favorite question. pass? Which one was the hardest? Yeah. Glenn. Glenn Did not like Glenn, huh? No. Oh. Yeah, Glenn had a lot of, that was the one with all the false summits, right? That's right. <laughs> um, so I started, that was towards the end of the second week. And I started getting some tendonitis in my ankle. And my ankle started spasming up there at the top of Glen Pass. And uh, it wasn't very friendly to me, but mm-hmm. I thought that was the hardest mm-hmm. for me anyway. Yeah, that definitely was one of the hardest passes. All of the passes in the second week were hard, though, I think. Yeah, I yeah it's kind of, kind of unfair, kind of unusual to have such a difficult pass next to such a beautiful place. I mean, Ray Lakes, right. people talk about the beauty of Ray Lakes and, and how awesome it is, but to get up and over Glen Pass is really a chore. Yeah, another favorite campsite of mine, I think it was near Goddard Canyon. It was the one where we, it was the stormy day after we went over Muir Pass, stormy, but no lightning or thunder, just like very rain, rainy and dreary. And we stayed at that one oh, campsite yeah. where it was raining and then like the clouds all like magically cleared up and you could see all oh, the stars and the canyon walls. It, that was gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. I think that lake we were by didn't even have a name. Yeah. I don't think so. But, um, but yeah, that gorgeous. was really pretty. So Goddard Canyon makes me think it's the, in my mind, that's the place between the Paiute, Paiute river bridge mm-hmm. and the ascent to evolution Valley. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was gorgeous. That was probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Did you meet any interesting characters out there on the trail? Yes, we did. Yeah. People did. with some stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was this one guy who had through hiked the PCT and he was just like zooming along. Like it was funny because his name was josh flowers trail named shellac because of some day that he woke up hungover or something but i told him my name's flower patrol and he's like oh that's funny because my last name is flowers so we were like chit-chatting and i usually hike in front and stephanie usually hikes in back and she always laughs at me when i try to like 
strike up conversation with these faster hikers because I'll start hiking <laughs> faster and then she she's just back there out of breath and then I start getting out of breath and I'm just like oh, okay we'll catch up with you later <laughs> um but yeah, he was an interesting guy. He was, he was like, oh yeah, I did the PCT. And now he's like jumping around to all these other peaks and just like hiking at the speed of lightning is a little nuts. Um, and then our, our friends though, on the trail that we yo-yoed with a lot, um, Tyler and Trevor, which Phoenix we, and we called them Phoenix and Bakersfield. Cause initially we didn't know their name. We just knew where they were from. So <laughs> So yeah, we yo-yoed with them a lot and we kind of like were competing with them a little bit, I guess. <laughs> Tori, I referred to her as Boots. Yeah, the, this uh, lady hiker that we passed who had, she decided to give up her boots for trail runners, but she couldn't quite throw away her boots. So she had her boots strapped to her backpack. She was carrying <laughs> her boots. Yeah. Wow, that is dedication. Uh, yeah. Didn't want to Didn't want to give those up. Yeah, she was like, she was thinking about mailing themselves them back to herself at MTR, which I think she ended up doing, but I cannot believe she carried her boots all that way. So did you get a permit for happy Isles mm -hmm. to Whitney port, uh, Whitney yep. or to the top of Mount Whitney. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. That's the, the golden yeah. ticket. We got two. two. We, got, we got at least two. I got several before we finally settled on our date actually. And, um, yeah, everyone that didn't get accepted for the permit lottery is like, probably like, I hate that girl right now. But um, yeah, we started our permit lottery like for the dates for mid-June-ish, but I was super leery about that. I was like, if those are the only permits that we can get, we'll take those and try to figure out how we're going to make it work with possible inclement weather. But we ended up getting the July permits and we're like, yes, that's the one. So Okay. And for our listeners out there, we may have some listeners who are, are tuning in and thinking, you know, what is the permit process? Uh, what is the timing of that? How does that all work? Are you able to provide some insight into that process? What, what is the website? How do they find it? And how much in advance do they have to submit their request? Yeah, I can't remember the exact details because it's just been so long since I applied for the permit, but I believe it's six months out. Mm -hmm. And you basically apply online. It used to be like you had to fax your application every night at midnight. So thankfully we don't have to do that. But the form is really nice because you fill it out once and then you're in a rolling lottery where they pick the a set of hikers daily for each trailhead. And your application is good for, I think it's two weeks, if I remember correctly. And then you have to submit a new one. So it's nice because you just submit one form, set it and forget it. Hope you get your acceptance email and uh, repeat the process if you don't. So, Yeah. And there are people out there who go through this process and never get uh, right. the Happy Isles to Mount Whitney permit. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have to come up with some other strategy and come in at other points uh, near Happy Isles, maybe come in at Tuolumne Meadow or uh, start at Kennedy Meadows south of, of Mount Whitney and hike north until they get to Mount Whitney and then join the trail there. Mm -hmm. And so for you guys to get multiple, multiple, yes. as, I, as I call them, golden tickets, you should go out and buy a lottery yeah. ticket. Yeah, we should have. I've bought many lottery tickets since, but none of them are winners. No. So I think the JMT really was our winning lottery. So <laughs> got it. Okay. Now, um, what else, what else can you tell me about your experience on the John Muir trail? I know you said in your email to me that it was life changing. How, how did this change your lives? 
Um, well, there was just like a lot of highs and lows. The first week was just like so difficult. Um, Stephanie had like sinusitis or something. And so she was sick almost the whole first week to the point where like, I thought she was going to have to bail. And so just with how strenuous the trail was like coming from Ohio, I call the first day, the ascension of hell, because we're at like 100, 110 degree temperatures in Yosemite, climbing up thousands of feet of elevation gain on day one. We can't breathe because we're from the Midwest. It's hot as hell out. Yeah, there's just like so many things like nature's like assaulting you basically. And then on top of that, like Stephanie's getting sick and you think that your hiking partner has to bail and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. I'm like, I know like we like made a pact before one of us had to leave for something minor that the other person would continue on. But yeah, that first week I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this without her. <laughs> so I'm really glad she stuck it through. So there's a lot of hardships on week one. And then like week two was just like, it was, it had its own physical challenges as well, but it was just gorgeous view after gorgeous view every single day. It was made it all worth it. <laughs> okay. Follow-up question on that. You mentioned highs and lows. Can each of you give me your, your lowest moment on the trail? and your highest moment on the trail. And I don't mean elevation. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean emotionally. You want to go first? Oh, um, I don't know. My lowest was probably in the first week. Um, I felt some sinus pressure. I thought maybe that's just from the elevation. And then by the end of day three, I think it was, which was after our false Rosalie Lake adventure. I forgot about that day. That was horrible. <laughs> uh, that, um, by the end of that day, I couldn't even stand to put my tent up. I had to crawl around to, this, to hammer in my stakes. And then I just crawled inside and started shivering. And then I knew I had a fever. So I, I got pretty sick. Um, and that was probably my lowest point because I had said earlier in the day to Kayla, like, it's fine. It's just, it's just a little sinusy. I'll be fine as long as I don't get a fever. And then I know I had a fever that night. And then I was like, Kayla, I have a fever, but. And I'm in my tent looking at <laughs> the exit points. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> but um, I just kept taking ibuprofen and we continued on and we we continued to stick to the spreadsheet too we didn't um we didn't take it easy no we did not <laughs> had, had to be tough extracting those uh, ibuprofen out of your tightly packed bear canisters <laughs> oh I had... the ibuprofen is not a smellable i know i'm teasing <laughs> i'm teasing what, what was your what was your high moment oh um high moment was Whitney yeah it had to be Whitney we uh at that point were acclimated and um we dropped our packs at the crest there yeah I threw mine down and yelled <laughs> she did she yelled because <laughs> going up from Guitar Lake was it's tough hard. that was uh that's a haul that's a that's a big climb that was a, that was quite a climb and then as soon as we dropped our gear there and took a little rest, we practically ran to the top. We were just so excited. I was so 
high on endorphins and just so excited to get up there. And uh, we ran up. And Honey, Corey, Boots, mm-hmm. Boots, earlier in the trip when we met her said, by the time we, we met her at Selden Pass. Yeah. And uh, we, of course, everyone's winded at Selden Pass. And she made the joke, by the time we get to Whitney, we're all just going to be able to scamper up. And we were like, no, but we sure enough, yep, we, we scampered up. We were, we were on your left, on your left, on your left, every single day hiker. So, nice. Yeah, and only the high point. And there is cell signal. There is cell service up on top of Whitney. Yes. I. Uh, who, who, who did you call and how did that call go? I FaceTimed uh, my daughter. And uh, she was pretty excited to hear from me because she hadn't heard from me in about a week. Um, And she was so excited because I was able to actually just show her everything because there was the cell service was good enough to get, you know, a FaceTime. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, she was pretty excited. Did you get emotional up there on that phone call? Um, I maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I have made, I've made a couple of phone calls from the top of Whitney, uh, on my, my two trips up there. And, you know, you think you're fine, you know, you're, you're happy, you're relieved that you're finally up there. And then you, you get on the phone and you start talking to, I was talking to my wife about, you know, where I was in the experience and you, all of a sudden you get all choked up and you can't get words out. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter, um, Danny, she was, she was pretty happy to hear from me and she thought it was pretty cool. She's 15. So nice. Nice. Flower Patrol, what was your low and what was your high? Um, Same exact days, actually. So I'll expound a little bit more on like fake Lake Rosalie. Yes, Um, we have to hear about fake Lake Rosalie. uh, Yeah, that day. So we were coming up from like before Island Pass. And so we're climbing, we're like going past all these beautiful lakes, Thousand Island Lake, Garnet Lake, all of those. And we had abandoned our cell phone um, navigation, which was all trails just because of battery life issues. So I had my paper map set and we were going along um, like by landmarks. I'm like, oh, we just passed this lake. We just passed that lake. So here I am thinking that we passed Lake Rosalie and we're just like going along our merry way on the trail. I think we're like great ahead of schedule. Um, And then we passed this really disheveled looking man with like nothing on him, but, um, a GPS. And I'm like, where did this guy come from? Like, what is he doing? Like, he looks like a backpacker, but he's got like nothing on him. He must be camped out somewhere. Now, when you say and, he had nothing on him, but uh, a GPS, you, he was he has, clothed, he, he was clothed, but he just didn't have any hiking, any <laughs> yeah, visible yeah. hiking equipment. No backpack, okay. though. Got his, it. Okay. His pants were completely ripped open. He actually apologized. Oh yeah, that's that true. Because... The bottom of his pants were ripped open. Yeah. So he was mostly clothed. Um, <laughs> So uh, we pass him and he, he says like, oh, there's about a hundred switchbacks up to Lake Rosalie. And it's like, oh no, like, sir, we already came from that way. Like we're good. We're past that point. And sure as shit. Then we get to the 100 switchbacks from hell up to Lake Rosalie. And then I, we double check on the all trails just to verify our location. And oh my gosh, we were so bummed that we had all these switchbacks yet to go. So we get up to Lake Rosalie and I was so mad because of Stephanie's work schedule because I'm sitting on this log and just like pissed because there's that 
gorgeous, sparkling, beautiful lake that I would love to camp at. I would love to just like run in and take a dip like everybody else is right now. But no, we had to continue on. So I was really miffed about that. And then um, we got to our campsite on the spreadsheet, which I believe was Minaret Creek. And it was just like this mosquito infested hellhole. And I that is where we first met Phoenix and Bakersfield. And I'm surprised that they even talked to us after that because they met me and I was filtering water and trying to like swat away mosquitoes. They were eating their dinner and then proceeding on to the next camp. And I was not in the best spirits. So <laughs> yeah. So like I'm in full rain gear, like Stephanie's like crawling around, putting in tent stakes and it was just a really bad day, honestly. And then I think I went into my tent and I like cried and wrote a postcard to Jonathan <laughs> Um, so that was my low day for sure in the first week. And then of course, same high point, Mount Whitney, for sure. I did not make a phone call though. I don't have any kids at home, so I didn't want to break the seal. <laughs> and Jonathan is a high pointer. So he will be on Mount Whitney one of these days. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There is nothing worse than thinking that you are at the top or thinking that the, you know, the worst yeah. is behind you and oh. you, you, you realize that, oh, you are so, so wrong. And that happens so, so many times out there. That was the one big day for us where that happened. We really didn't have that many mistakes otherwise, but yeah. Then looking back, we were like this pathetic puddle of a thing is what it we was thought was lake. Rose. <laughs> it was not a lake at all. It would not have even met the qualifications. <laughs> it's just goofy. <laughs> Yeah, there are several big climbs on the John Muir Trail. There's there's that one. There's the one uh, uh, going going southbound after Shadow Lake. Mm-hmm. There is the Golden Staircase. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think of the Golden Staircase? I didn't mind the, the oh, staircase. I no, I didn't think it was that bad. It was really hyped up, and I was like, kind of dreading it. So granted that I was going into it with that mindset that it was going to be like super hard. It really wasn't that hard. I think like the most difficult aspect was that was the day where that storm blew through. And so like, yeah, we were hearing rumbles of thunder and then Stephanie felt like the air temperature change a bit. And she was like, why don't we set up the tent? And I was in my head, I'm like thinking like, okay, that's like a, a little bit extreme, but okay, we'll go ahead and do it. And sure enough, like 20 seconds later, this huge thunderstorm rolls through. I was like, uh, you were right. <laughs> it became a race to see how fast can we set up the tent? <laughs> Which like my tent pitches really fast. So it came in super handy for that. And my stuff sack had ripped earlier in the trip. So I had just been shoving it in randomly. So it was like, whoosh, just rip it right out and like set it up. It was nice. Impressive. Yeah. Nothing like setting up tents in, in, in a rainstorm. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Plenty of practice with that. Yeah. All right. So what did you learn about yourselves on the GMT? Not, not, not flower patrol, not what you learned about Stephanie and Stephanie, not what you learned about flower patrol, but what did you each learn about your own self out there? Um, I learned that I am much stronger than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I, I knew I was pretty tough and determined but my determination just kept me going through the whole thing I would say pretty similar about myself too like I didn't know like if we could finish the JMT let let alone at like such a breakneck speed for coming from Ohio and just not being used to that sort of terrain 
Um, so yeah, I was just like, I knew I could do it ultimately, but I was just like pleasantly surprised at my mental fortitude and, you know, it just like really, um, ups the bar for what you truly are capable of. Like you really don't know until you try. That's right. That's right. Now, what was your high mileage day out there? You're doing this all in, in 14 days. 21. 21. You got a 20 miler in. That's impressive. Very good. Congratulations. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> and so yeah. on that 20 mile day, where did you start and where did you end up? Do you remember? Oh gosh. Do you have your spreadsheet handy? I have it on the spreadsheet. I know we ended up at MTR. Yeah, we started at like Lake Edison, Quail Meadows area. Mm -hmm. And we ended at MTR. Wow, that's that's quite a stretch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was a long ass day. (laughs) We wanted to get to our resupply. Yeah, if that resupply wasn't there, I don't think we would have quite made that mileage. But Yeah, when something is pushing you or pulling you. I mean, that, that kind of forces you if, you, if you're out running a fire or if you're, you're, if your food is, is depleted and you're, you're running towards your resupply point that, uh, mm-hmm. that definitely keeps you going a little bit longer exactly. than you usually do. Yeah. All right. Hey, what's, what's next for Stephanie and flower patrol? What's your next big, big adventure? Um, my next one coming up is actually Jonathan and I are eloping in Utah at the end of March and it's not backpacking, but we are going on an extended honeymoon and we'll be going to like several national parks out West and doing a lot of hiking out there. So very excited for that. Okay. Stephanie, you're going to, you're going to third wheel it out there. (laughs) She could get away with it. Uh, I haven't officially been invited. <laughs> um, That's never stopped me. <laughs> but we were we're talking about attempting um, a winter trip up north. That's true. Um, possibly in January to chase the aurora borealis. So Great Lakes area has a lot of aurora borealis events. Um, so we. I've talked about heading up there maybe to the UP mm-hmm. um, in January to hunt that down. Okay. Sounds intriguing. Have Weather you seen schedules permitting all that stuff? Weather. Yeah. <laughs> right, I don't we drive through a blizzard. <laughs> Driving through it would be the tough part. We've backpacked. Oh, yeah. Before. Backpacking in it. No, no problem. But dr- driving through it's a different story. Yeah. Did I hear wedding? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's wedding? Mine. Flower Patrol. You're getting married. Yes. Does um, Jonathan know? He does. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> He's becoming Mr. Flower Patrol. <laughs> okay. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Will it be a backpacking themed wedding? Um, Not backpacking, but we are doing a, an elopement in Utah in one of the national parks. So it'll be pretty remote. It'll be just us two and the photographer. Nice. I don't know if you listened to my, my Bindi and Yahtzee episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They got Uh, married. They got married after that trip and they were married in mammoth mammoth mm -hmm. lakes on, Oh, I forget the name of the, uh, the lift. It's halfway up the mountain at, uh, it's a, it's actually a a, a McCoy station. That's what it is. McCoy station, halfway up mammoth mountain. They had the wedding up there. And it was all backpacking themed. They had uh, the tables for their guests all identified by the different mountain peaks that they had 
uh, climb to the top of. So there was a, oh, that's cool. a, a Whitney table. There was a Baden Powell table. There's all, you know, so it was, it was very, very cute. Now is she the one that got proposed to, and she threw the sign and broke it? Exactly. Because I was listening to that one and I told her about it because oh, yeah. we held, we held the broken sign and then we yes. had heard the story. And then later down the line, I listened to that episode and I was like, Oh my gosh. I have <laughs> <sign."> Nice. <laughs> I was like, it's all coming full circle. Awesome. Okay. Hey, we'll do a, a quick top five list here. We're going to do a top five between the two of you. So one of you gets three items. The other one gets two. All right. You guys can decide that amongst yourselves there, but let's do your top five favorite moments on the John Muir trail. And you can't have any overlap. If, if one of you steals one from the other, you have to come up with something else. So okay. who's going first, Stephanie or flower patrol? I don't think it would be quite like, maybe, I don't know. I'm going to say they're going to be in like no particular order. Okay. Um, and it's not related to any of the views. It was when these wonderful trail angels heard that we were short on food and then word of mouth spread down the line. And these two other hikers that had just gotten their resupply from Onion Valley gave us um, some oatmeal packets, pop tarts, and like two snack bars and two packets of peanut butter. And it was like just enough to get us through without being miserable. So I was like very grateful for that. Yeah. They didn't give you mac and cheese, salmon and peas? No. No. Okay. That's still, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. We All right. Only to accept whatever we were given. Yep. Yeah. Stephanie, how about you? What's another one? Um, one of my favorite moments was, um, we, after we stopped at, uh, devil's post pile, mm -hmm. we, uh, went on to stop at red's meadow oh, yes. <laughs> and we had only been out for like a few days, maybe four or five days. And, um, there I was able to resupply on my ibuprofen and I picked up some Afrin that helped me breathe the rest of the time. And the most amazing breakfast, mm -hmm. the bacon was the best bacon I think I've ever had. Mm -hmm. so. I have to tell you, I congratulate you. This is the first time that a, you know, a top five has included the word Afrin. So oh. <laughs> unique. Very good. Wow. Yeah. All right. Flower Patrol was next. Oh man. Hmm. There's so many good moments. It's really hard to pick. Can I pick like the entire second week? Does that count? <laughs> the Southern half of the JMT, I think is the, yeah. is spectacular. So you beautiful. spend so much time above the tree line, high mountain passes, Alpine lakes. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing sticks out in particular, but just like, <clears throat> oh, well, I will say Marie Lake is um, a highlight and also a regret because we did not get to camp there. And it was absolutely gorgeous. So beautiful. Marie so Lake, a, just, just north of Selden Pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we beautiful. Did, we took a, a bit of a break there and had a photo op and uh, tried to absorb as much of it as we could before we had to move on. But that area was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, you can't, you can't see it because my, my camera is attached to my laptop here. But uh, on the wall in front of me here in the studio is a, a three-paned canvas print of Marie Lake. So oh, yeah, nice. spectacular shot from top of Selden looking down on it. Uh, yes. I remember that yep. moment. <laughs> yep. Okay. Stephanie. Um, let's be number four. Number four, probably the camaraderie that I experienced in Muir hut, uh, going up Muir pass 
it got pretty rainy, got very cold. And um, everyone that was from either side kind of met at the hut and we all took a break and had kind of lunch there and um, met some really awesome people. Everyone went around the room and introduced themselves, what they do for a living, where they're from. And um, it was a really fun experience getting to meet all of those people. And then we all broke and went our separate ways. All came together from your various uh, walks of life and locations. And you end up at the top of this pass in a hut uh, with a common interest, you know, common, you know, you guys are all hikers and backpackers. Uh, It sounds very, very cool. There was a professor that was writing a book. Um, There was a chiropractor and just uh, there was a fire inspector from Dallas. Um, just so many different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Oh, an archaeologist, I think. Yes, I think so. There was yeah. an archaeologist from, he was kind of local. He was from California. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really cool to hear everyone and what they do there. <clears throat> okay. Flower Patrol, finish this segment off here. What's, what's number uh, five? I think I'm going to have to pick Mather Pass just because... Um, It was like such a challenging day, but we just rocked it. And we were supposed to camp at Palisade Lakes before Mather Pass that day. And then I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, oh man, like that sets up for us up for a double pass day tomorrow. And like with how these, how crazy these um, passes in the Southern half are, I was like, I don't know, like, I know we can do it, but do we want to do it? Or do we just want to press on? And that was the same day that a storm rolled through. So like there were other people hiking out, but we just had like this um, illusion that we're from the Midwest, so we can handle the rain and that all the Californians were just hunkered down because we didn't see a soul. Like they're too scared to go over Mather Pass because there was a couple drops of rain earlier. (laughs) No offense. Um, And so, yeah, we didn't see a soul out there, just like beautiful solitude. Like it was one of our higher, higher mileage days. It was close to 18. And yeah, it was kind of like, desolate after the past really like mm-hmm. you really had to scout out and find like the tent pads that they describe in the book like the sandy slabs that they mention you really had to like um poke around and find those but <sighs> but yeah we were the only souls out there like there's this beautiful just fiery sunset after the bad weather that we had earlier that day and just like the solitude and sense of accomplishment yeah it's a good day. Sound, sounds like you took the spreadsheet and the schedule very seriously. You yes. <laughs> want to make sure you had, you set yourself up. You didn't want to have two passes in a day. Very yeah, good, yeah. very good planning. And you, you mentioned a book, you mentioned a book. And so for our people out there, our listeners who may be considering doing the John Muir trail and are looking for a good resource, what, what book are you referring to? Oh, that was the guide by Elizabeth Wink. Yes. Yep. That's right. If you so, just Google Elizabeth Wink, you'll, you'll find the book. Exactly. Yeah. And she brought it with her. And every night as we were both in our tents, she would read to me the bedtime story of the next day's adventures. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Sounds like Buddy. I don't know if you've listened to any episodes where, where Buddy co-hosted or, or made an appearance. Uh, he was one of one of the guys that I did the John Muir Trail with. And he, he, he was very much a planner and same kind of thing. The, the evenings were spent pouring over the book and yep. planning, planning for the next day. Absolutely. 
Okay. I just love how she read it aloud to me. Like, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, because we had our own separate tents. We would usually be camped pretty close to each other, but yeah, it was fun. Nice. All right. Hey, ladies, you know where we are? Where are we, Doc? <laughs> We're at that part of the episode where I ask you for your pro tip insight of the week. What little piece of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? And this is this is a special episode. We get two pro tips, one from each of you. So um, my pro tip of the week is pretty simple, but I did not find this in any backpacking forums and any guidebooks nothing on any of the Facebook groups that I was a part of before we went out. And that is to get your sun shirt wet as your own personal AC device. So early on in the trip, I had my sun shirt on and I was like, how in the hell am I going to abide this sun shirt? It is suffocating. So once we caught on that, we needed to dunk them in the Creek and put them back on to help cool off throughout the day, especially during like those record high heat days and getting out of Yosemite and everything. Yeah, that was a huge game changer. And I think I would probably be just like burnt to a crisp if I hadn't discovered that. <laughs> okay. When you say sun shirt, are you referring to a sun hoodie? Yeah. Yep. Long sleeve with a hood. That was all the rage this year. I discovered that on my mineral King hike, I saw these people wearing these, these sun hoodies and I had to get one. I, I wore it yeah, on the, yeah. on the, uh, on the John Muir trail hike uh, later in the summer. It was awesome. I loved it. Mm -hmm. So Flower Patrol has a saying, it's be bold, start cold. <laughs> so you dip your, and that's always been her saying, but it really, um, really hit home on the JMT when you had to put <laughs> that ice cold sun shirt on and just be bold and start cold because it's going to dry out and in like 20 minutes, but <laughs> it, it definitely got us through. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a great pro tip. How about you, Stephanie? I would say my pro tip would be something that I regret not doing, which was journaling. I wish I had journaled and written things down to remember, because even as we're talking about them, I'm going to have to look at her journals because I'm having <laughs> a hard time remembering things. So I would say definitely no matter how exhausted you are, how tired you are, at least write some bullet points down from your day. Yep. Great, great point. All right. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Kayla and Stephanie. I want to thank them for joining us this week. Ladies, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Um, so I already said my website, Johnny and kk.wordpress.com and my Instagram is Kayla Loggies, K-A-Y-L-A-L-O-G-G-I-E-Z. Okay. And Stephanie? Um, mine's not very, very substantial. So probably just, I'm highlighted <laughs> in a lot of her uh, <laughs> blogs. So I yeah. would just go to her blog to... <laughs> It really should, should be uh, Johnny and KK and Stephanie because she's in so much of what I write because we do okay. together. <laughs> All right, well, you can update your web your uh, website uh, name. You can uh, update oh, that domain that to include Stephanie. Yeah, sure. It might make it a little bit lengthy though. It's the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little troubled that Stephanie doesn't have a trail name yet. What, what, what should her trail name be, Flower Patrol? 
I don't know. So I was listening to a couple of the episodes though, where you like invented trail names for people. So I kind of like, didn't set that expectation at the beginning, but I would kind of had a hunch that you might have a list of trail name suggestions for Stephanie by the end of the episode. Mm, I should have been on the lookout. <laughs> Does she have any peculiar mannerisms that are endearing? I always I wear my knee braces. That's true. The, Lots of people commented on my yeah, knee braces. Braces came up, but at the, to the same tune, it's like, yeah, people can offer those trail names, but you also have to be like, yes, that's my trail name. So it's only your trail name if you want it. That's right. So yeah, other than that, I'm like, I wouldn't say any peculiar mannerisms just because I feel like we're so similar. So uh, we're definitely not weird at all. No. Not at all. <laughs> Triplet? What's triplet since there's, there's three of you she, she's the third person of the group here that's true you could be triplet triplet <laughs> that, that would be a good conversation starter too right? oh you're a triplet yeah, i didn't know that tell, tell us about your 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 brothers and sisters. No, no i don't have any brothers and sisters i'm just triplet so. actually i'm one of seven. Oh. <laughs> any any triplets or twins no no okay so mom was very busy yeah. <laughs> that's another episode okay <laughs> remember to check out the pod on social media as well we are on facebook youtube instagram twitter and tiktok have you checked out the tiktok ladies no, no not many not many people have don't be don't worry about that it, it's it has not it has not picked up so i'll keep trying you'll guilty we're not responsible. i'm going no. to now i'm going to and if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamir at gmail.com. Ladies, I am also looking for, to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, some kind of uh, adventure media out there that are going to keep our listeners connected to outdoor adventure. We're calling this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? I have like one and a half recommendations. So the first one would be Highs and Lows on the John Muir Trail by Inga Askamit. Oh, um, yes. Inga. I, yep. I did that. I read that on one of my training hikes leading up to the JMT. And I found it just like super easy to read, easy to get through. And like a couple of like adverse events, I guess I'll call them happen early on in the book. Um, not enough to make me say that I'm not going to go, but enough to make you consider like, oh, wow, what would I do in this situation? So I think it like helped um, just help me mentally prepare and just get excited for what I was getting into. And then I don't have this book yet, but one of your podcasts where you interviewed Josh Andres, I think is it. Oh, name? yes. The yeah. book, it was good. Um, I've been asking Mr. Flower Patrol to get me that book for Christmas. So uh, <laughs> you if you get it, you will not regret it. Yeah, and so. that'd be that would be huge for for uh, johnny to i mean that'd be a big check exactly. in the right column for johnny exactly. to get that book for you it is incredible and in fact i went online to his his website and i ordered uh one of the pictures on on a metal frame you know 11 by 14 and it's also hanging up here in the studio you can't see oh, oh hello can't see it but it is it is right there it is spectacular so nice nice yeah. So one, one way or another, I'm sure that uh, book will fall into my hands, but I'm looking forward to ordering that. <laughs> okay. How about you, Stephanie? What do you have for us in, in the, in terms of adventure media? Oh, um, I follow, um, a, um, a YouTuber, uh, her name's Dixie, uh, homemade 
Wanderlust. Um, she has done the AT many times, so. Homemade Wanderlust? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is yeah. Wanderlust. Homemade Wanderlust. Uh, okay. Does she, does she know you? No. No. <laughs> So if I if I reach out to her and drop your name, it will make it would have no zero no no impact. <laughs> it would have whatsoever. no impact because I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. This actually took a lot for me <laughs> to come out of my shell and do this. Um, well, we've enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for for taking a chance and and sharing some stuff with us. Yeah, it was my pleasure. <laughs> okay, and I've got one more opportunity for you before we wrap things up. I've got one more segment for you called "What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About." What do you want to get off your chest? I would say you have not asked me about my craziest backpacking experience that was not on the JMT. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Okay, so I was on this backpacking course in Arizona through this um, organization called Knowles um, National Outdoor Leadership School, I believe it is. So this was like way back when, when I was a novice backpacker, I guess I still am, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm intermediate now, I suppose. Um, so I was trying to take this course to get more comfortable with backcountry navigation because you like lock all of your electronics in a locker and you're out there with an instructor with your maps and in your group and you're on this course, just like learning everything backpacking. So we have a group of 12 women and we would split up six and six during the day just so that we could like hike a little bit more easily without worrying about having to keep such a big group together. Um, so there was one day, it was really strenuous. We were trying to get to this camp at a certain time. I was guiding for the day. So I was in charge of like all the route finding and this is not a maintained trail. This is bushwhacking. You're getting, getting stabbed with thorns. It probably is type three fun. Um, and then all of a sudden this like rain, snow, like hail mixture starts coming down. And it's starting to get a little bit dark out and I can't really find the trail. And everyone is kind of just like mentally over it. Like the snow is like just soaking through my leggings and it's all like gross. We don't know where the hell our other half of the group is. They were probably at camp like hours ago. Um, and so I had scoped out earlier and like a place to put up camp. Cause I I'm just like looking around, like there's no way in hell that we're going to find this campsite before the sun goes down. And I'm just, I'm not going to be bushwhacking in the dark. It just doesn't make sense. So we have, we're basically like up on the top of like the side of this mountain with only half of our stuff, because we have all this shared group gear. We're, we have no water source. We're like scrambling. Our instructor is clever enough to put like a bowl underneath the corner of one of the rain flies to collect the water as it melted down. So that was our water for the night. And we're like, we're minus a tent. So we're setting up just like a makeshift kitchen tarp, literally just a tarp and it's snowing. It's full blown snowing out there. And so we're like, all right, well, three takers to sleep under this kitchen tarp, just like totally almost unprotected. And so I was one of the takers. So yeah, I woke up like probably an hour in just like getting slapped in the face with my tarp. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And like discovered that it was like inches of snow on the tarp. And so one of us had to get up every couple hours and just like shake all of the snow off and just like froze my ass off all night. And it was just, just rough on so many levels. So, and then we woke up in the morning 
got all of our stuff together and I was like really anxious to hit the trail and like find our group and just be like away from that experience. And so we finally get to our group and they, in the meantime, the one instructor has a sat phone and the other just has like a GPS navigation device. So the one with the sat phone is at the other camp ahead of us, not on this treacherous mountainside. And so they had already like called the office and they were about to like send search and rescue for us if they didn't see us in the next hour. And we finally, we met up with our group and it was just like the happiest reunion ever because like, we all thought you guys were dead. They all thought we were dead. <laughs> like, yeah, it was rough, but it was like a good learning experience and a good like level at which to set like, how much does this really suck? for future backpacking trips. <laughs> and despite that type three fun and despite that adversity, you continued to go out and backpack. Because every time I go out, I'm just like, this probably is not going to be anywhere near as bad as the Galliera wilderness. <laughs> nice perspective. You've got perspective yeah. now. <laughs> okay. Stephanie, anything you want to share before we go? Um, no, I, I don't know. I just... As I sit here thinking, I just keep thinking about all of the things we didn't discuss about the JMT and there's just too many, like you can't even sum it up in 90 minutes. Yeah, so we would be here for hours. <laughs> we could go on for a long time. And here JMT. on part two with Flower <laughs> Patrol and Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be a, a follow-up episode. The bear or any of the wildlife or anything. That's true. Oh, give us a quick some quick insight into the bear. Where'd you see the bear? Um, it was near Chillamy Meadows. Mm -hmm. It was um, before, right before Cathedral Pass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just a <laughs> scraggly little black bear. She thought she thought it was <laughs> she thought it was a backpacker wearing all black. <laughs> Which, to my defense, we passed another backpacker in. No, I kid you not. Black sun gear, black sun gear. It would not be comfortable because black attracts heat. So we're coming down the trail and like, I see something in the distance and it looks like a backpacker and all black, like hunched over, like digging through a backpack. And I walk a couple of steps. I'm like, no, that's a bear. <laughs> yeah. That guy, that backpacker is really hairy. He's been out here for a while. <laughs> I know, right? He's been out here for a while. <laughs> Nice. Well, that's a wrap from the John Freaky Muir studio. Any shout out to friends and family, ladies? Um, I will give a shout out to Mr. Flower Patrol for being supportive from afar on all of my crazy adventures um, that I sometimes take without him. So um, he's been really supportive. Uh, my dad has been skeptical, but also supportive. So I'll give him a shout out and just like all the random people, I'm not going to remember them, that we ran into, uh, Phoenix, Bakersfield, Boots, Shellac, um, who else? There was like Forrest, Scott, Mike, and what was his friend's name? Bill, Mike and Bill. Oh, Mike and Bill. Yeah, I gave Mike him Mike and Bill. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. And many others that I'm forgetting. Many others. <laughs> okay. Uh, Stephanie? I, yeah, just probably... My friend Ryan, because uh, he's really the one that introduced me to backpacking. And uh, um, yeah, that's where it all started for me. So, okay. Now, this episode comes out on Christmas Day, December 25th. So, Merry Christmas to everybody out there who's listening right now. 
And uh, I'm happy to say that this was not a lump of coal. This is a, a great, uh, <laughs> great gift. I really enjoyed talking to the two of you. And I want to tell everybody to uh, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you're all out of mac and cheese and salmon and peas. The trail <laughs> is the trail. Embrace the suck. Thank you.